0: Hey, you're in the cantina. I was sitting in the bathtub the other day, trying to decide whether to plug in my hairdryer and invite it on there with me, when I started thinking of that episode of I Love Lucy, when she and Ethel decide to get jobs, and they land a gig at a confection shop. Specifically, the mischievous mavens are assigned to the chocolate truffle assembly line. Now, hilarity inevitably ensues. And I did say hilarity, not hilaria, Alec Baldwin's wife. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it because it's too funny. So not being able to keep up on the assembly line, more and more chocolates start to pass Lucy and Ethel by on the conveyor belt. So they begin shoving chocolates in their mouth. If you haven't seen the show, chances are you've seen a black and white gif of them. Gif? I'm going to call it a gif. And they're basically gargling chocolates. I will add it to our Instagram page at Detox on the Rocks podcast as well. And my takeaway to that scene in I Love Lucy was sometimes when we feel unable to cope and we're just overwhelmed, maybe shove some chocolate in your face, whatever that may be for you. So I immediately climbed out of the tub sorry life insurance beneficiaries and proceeded to eat the better part of a box of cinnamon toast crunch directly from the box in my pjs at 2 30 in the afternoon i proceeded to then wash it all down with a glass of pinot grigio which pair beautifully with a muscle relaxer from a very good year and before i knew it i couldn't remember what it was that was bothering me thanks lucy so without further ado Let's pour ourselves a drink, and let's jump into it. Let's detox on the rocks. Salut! I think comedy is grossly underrated. It seems like drama and tearjerkers are the ones that get all the glory and awards, but the subtle and important art of making people laugh is my personal favorite genre. To that point, I've got to swing the conversation back to I Love Lucy's Lucille Ball. She was a lot more than a pretty face. The late great Lucille Ball was a queen in her own right. And apart from being the first woman to run a major studio, well actually, let's start at the beginning. Lucy was born in 1911 in Jamestown, New York, and she is the definition of a self-made person. Her dad passed away when she was three from typhoid fever, and her mom remarried someone who wasn't exactly the biggest kid person. Now, truth be told, I'm not either, but I like to think I stopped right before sadistic. Now, this sweetheart, her stepdad, decided he and his new wife would move in with her parents, and Lucy was sent to live with his parents in another state. Now, Lucy convinced her mother, we're going to fast forward a little, when she was 15 to let her enroll in a drama school in New York. But, hard enough to believe, she was intimidated and outshined by another kid in the class. Who was that kid? Well, it was Betty Davis. The school actually wrote Lucy's mother a letter that said, and I quote, lucy is wasting her time and ours. she is too shy and too reticent to put her best foot forward imagine being that teacher years later here's a big old shove at martini just for you lucy changed her name to diane belmont and she did some modeling dyed her hair blonde oh didn't i mention it lucy wasn't actually a redhead although really Who can remember what their natural hair color is? I have a faint recollection, but I wouldn't put any kind of money on it. Lucy landed some small to pretty good-sized roles in what were mostly B-movies and was the kind of unofficial B-movie queen. There were no really big hits. However, it was on the set of Too Many Girls that she met one Desi Arnaz, a.k.a. Ricky Ricardo. Now she dyed her hair the now iconic flaming red when she and Arnaz created a vaudeville type show and that's when people really started to pay attention to the pair. In 1951, I Love Lucy hit the small screen to rave reviews and the show broke down barriers of all kinds. First of all, her real-life husband, who played her husband Ricky Ricardo, was Cuban. Now this would be the first time an interracial couple was shown on TV. And the network was not happy about it. Lucy had to put her foot down and said they would do the show together or not at all. Way to stand by your man, girl. Now, Lucy was the first person to show her pregnancy on TV. She was pregnant in real life and she showed it on TV. She was also the first person to insist on having a single bed shown on TV, the one she and her husband shared. Before that, it was always shown as two small beds next to each other, which I kind of find borderline creepy. Now, the couple started Desilu Productions together, which Lucy used to influence CBS to, well, when I say influence, she really did push through a little show you may have heard of called Star Trek. Now, CBS and multiple other networks had passed on the show, but Lucy overruled the decision. So Trekkies of the world, we have Lucille Ball to thank. Now, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz had 20 years together and two kids before ultimately calling it quits. On the marriage, not the kids. And that's when she started her own production company called Lucille Ball Productions in 1968. Now, my last fangirl fact about Lucy that I love, her big break, the role she is by far known for more than anything else, I love Lucy, happened the year she turned 40. Rejected, overlooked, and disregarded, she kept her head up and proved she was much more than just another pretty face. The brilliant, ambitious, charismatic, stubborn, hilarious, irrepressible Lucille Ball. Here's to you, girl. Salut. That was Desi Arnaz, a.k.a. Ricky Ricardo, banging on the bongos, singing his most famous song, Babalu. But what's the deal with the song? Is it the name of a place? His favorite horse? Not even close. Babalu Aie is the name of a Cuban Santeria deity. Drop in, because this has to be one of my all-time favorite hidden in plain sight stories. The song was written by Margarita Lecuona, and it was actually first sang by Miguelito Valdez, before Des Arnaz. Now, from what I could find, Babalu Aye is specifically a Yoruba deity, and based on the Yoruba stories, Babalu was mocked by the other gods, of which there were seven, because he was lame and couldn't dance. Basically, they bullied him. Babalu was so angered, he unleashed plagues upon the world and was later banished from their mythical holy city. Filled with regret, Babalu dedicated himself to looking after those who suffered from the plagues he unleashed. So more than just one heck of a banger and a catchy tune, singing joyously Babalu Aye is paying tribute to the Santeria god. Now there are even some stories which... Some check out and some may just be hearsay, but the version I like goes like this, Desi Arnaz made a deal with Babalu Aye that if he gave him wealth, health, prosperity and fame, he would honour his name and spread the worship of him far and wide. He had the whole country joyously crying out, Babalu Aye. Sounds like they both held up their end of the bargain so it seems like there was much more to the show than the execs at CBS realized. And this story really makes me have to ask, who the heck was Magarena? Hey, Makarena. Who was she? Stay tuned because we might have to follow up on that one. It's time for What's in Your Glass? Today, we're doing something a little bit different. Let's do a shot. A shot can do a lot of things. Get the party started, numb the pain, give you a little liquid courage, or maybe just be the perfect dessert. I'd like to introduce you to one Mr. Burt Reynolds. Now, you've got to be careful with a Burt Reynolds shot because it's so delicious and you can't really taste the alcohol in it. It's way too easy to throw back a few of these. And next thing you know, you're waking up in your recycling bin. Not that I'm speaking from personal experience, of course. <clears throat> now this shot is super easy. All you need is spiced Rum and Butter Ripple Butterscotch Schnapps. This could really not be quicker or more joyous since we're in the mood. It's equal parts Spice Rum and Butter Ripple. Now, I recommend putting the one-to-one ratio in a shaker. A good dessert shot like this really needs to be as cold as possible. Also, the shot being colder is going to change the viscosity. It's going to change the texture. It's going to be a lot smoother and silkier. That's why sometimes when you do a shot at home, you wonder how come it was so much better at the bar? Well, temperature is a really big thing. Both the temperature of the drink itself and the glass you're slamming it back from. Again, these can be a little bit deceiving. They will sneak up on you. And there are some fun variations, which we'll be talking about in future episodes. But one I'll give you a little sneak peek of right now is you do the one-to-one ratio. But then if you have creme de banane, banana liqueur, there's no actual cream in it. But this banana flavor liqueur add just the tiniest splash. It is pure heaven. Another thing that's nice to do with this is you take it, mix it all up, and throw it on top of some ice cream, gelato, sorbet, really, really nice on top of a scoop of pineapple sorbet. Let's take our desserts to a whole other level. Salut! This episode has been brought to you by Mrs. Roper's Wardrobe. Watch any episode of Three's Company that stars the Ropers, and you'll be treated to a dazzling collection of caftans, moos, and kimonos. Floral, floaty, and frothy. Disguise the lack of sunlight, exercise, and overabundance of late-night trips to the fridge. No bra, no underwear, no abs, no problem. Mrs. Roper's wardrobe has got you covered. Literally. Mrs. Roper's wardrobe, because my day pajamas need a break. Well, that's the end of my drink. Okay, I've had two shots. (laughs) And the end of the show. I really don't want to spend another night in my recycling bin. Let's take a page out of Lucille Ball's book, and one of my favorite quotes from her is, I'd rather regret the things I've done then regret the things I haven't done. In other words, just go for it. Imagine at any point if if she'd listened, if she'd stopped, if she had not got up that one last time. We wouldn't have what I think is one of the most incredible moments in TV history. Yes, we all love a good movie. And be sure to check out our movie recommendations on Throwback Blicks on our Instagram. But there is something to be said for the small screen as well. These are characters. These are people we welcome into our lives every week, or if you're binge watching, every 25 minutes. And these characters, we love them. We see ourselves in them. We see who we'd like to be, who we want to make sure we never become. Lucy, wherever you are, you've done it again. The comedy still absolutely holds up Decades later, and you can watch it with your whole family in between fits of laughter. Now, Bugs Bunny may have coined the phrase, but I think Lucille Ball really lived it. Don't take life too seriously. You'll never get out of it alive, anyways. <laughs> we'll see you next time in the cantina. Salut! This has been a CatFlap production in association with Not-for-Sale Media.